Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. High atop the radio world as always in the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, Oregon. We welcome all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation Sun BGI radio network. And uh, we're just glad to be here. Um, I feel that way at my age any, every day anymore. I'm just glad to be here. Um, our guest today, well, you've seen her on the Food Network, Masters of Q and Throwdown with Bobby Flay. Um, Pitmaster at the Devil Pig down in Tampa, and uh, she's famous. She just doesn't know it that well yet, but she is famous. We welcome Leanne Witten, uh, Whippin, excuse me, sorry. That's right. Um, it's probably not the first time that's happened, but we welcome No, Leanne. no. I don't know if you remember Mr. Whipple that did the Sherman ad. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, got that call, I got called that a time or two. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. You didn't walk around squeezing toilet paper, though, did you? That'd be <laughs> no, weird. No, 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 no. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Well, it's it's great to talk to you. So you're, um, you're running towards the Hall of Fame, aren't you? I got nominated this year, and what uh, an honor, I must say, and, uh, you know, alongside a great group of people. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, absolutely fantastic. So, you know, being in barbecue, competing, restaurants, just everything, you know, for the past 24 years, uh, it's nice to be recognized, um, you know, because I do put a lot of hard work into it. Oh, sure. But you were a child prodigy because you started when you were five. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if you've been in it 24 years, so, you know. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, a long time, but uh, thanks to my dad, of course, uh, who got me into this gym trim tab. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a life journey of barbecue. So did your dad kind of prep you for all of this and when i say prep you i mean we obviously learn stuff from our fathers uh my father couldn't cook so i never learned a damn thing from him about cooking but <laughs> but um the influence of your dad on you and in, in preparing you for what you're doing now how big a deal was that well i mean he definitely i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing today if it weren't for him uh, but it started way back as a child you know we went to my grandmother's hog farm in Lexington, Missouri, uh, where my dad was born and raised. Uh, so he's kind of a Kansas City barbecue guy at heart. And so we used to go to Arthur Bryant's and Gates. And so I was always exposed, you know, to barbecue because of his love for barbecue. And then, of course, he brought it to the backyard with family cookouts. And then um, gosh, he's been doing it, or was, uh, for about 40 years plus. Um, and then we got involved with the Kansas City Barbecue Society, and that's when uh, everything started as far as competition and getting certified as judges. And uh, and then kind of a little bit after that, then I got into the whole restaurant deal. So you just went and did it? 
You just boom. That was I it. I did. I mean, I, I always had a love of food, and my background is actually a hotel background. So before I got into the business of barbecue, I had 15 years under my belt with uh, both Hyatt and Hilton Hotels and food and beverage and catering. So I knew the whole business side of it when I got into the restaurant. So I didn't just take what I know from barbecue and jump into it. I kind of knew what I was getting into. Well, not totally, but right. <laughs> somewhat. And, uh, and I always had a love of food and, um, and, and of course, barbecue. So the marriage of those two together kind of, you know, turned into, you know, my business of barbecue. It's interesting that you say that. And over the years I've been doing this show now, which is five, I guess, um, you're one of the few people that actually has told me that they had an F&B background before they went into their own establishment, before they went into the barbecue business like that. Um, I owned a little restaurant one time for a very short period of time because I had some partners and that didn't work out very well. But I can tell you, uh, I knew about making the food. That wasn't the problem. The problem was all the ancillary stuff that goes along with it. Um, you know, knowing when to buy, what to buy, the scheduling of employees, the, you know, uh, the, what do I want to say? The yeah, safety stuff. And, and, and it's not only true for barbecue, but, you know, it'll be like your mom makes the best lasagna. You should open an Italian restaurant. And uh. a lot of people do that. And that's why a lot of the restaurants fail because they don't know the business side of it. And I happen to be a serious numbers person. Yes. And there's a lot of numbers involved. And, and so that's another reason why I actually enjoy it, because I like numbers. That's weird. Nobody likes numbers. But you like numbers, Leanne? That's cool. I like numbers. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Actually, I'm being a smart aleck there, which is part of my job, because um, I think people that know numbers. I've got a friend of mine who was in the restaurant business for a long, long time, and he's been out of it for 20-odd years or more. And he'll still recite numbers to you if you ask him something. He'll go, well, no, you know, that shouldn't be more than 4% of your budget and whatever like that. Well, that's true. I mean, you have to know your breakdown of your food costs, you know, your payroll and, you know, your fixed costs and, you know, everything that goes into the business. So you ha I really think it's important that you know all that before you step into, you know, the restaurant world or any kind of business, really. Now, you were involved in some restaurants before you went to um, – down there in Tampa and did the deviled pig. You were uh, yes. up north. And so, yeah, I started. Um, so I, I quit my hotel job in Oak two and I bought a big trailer, which I still have. It's down here in Tampa and it has a Jed master on it. And I, you know, t took it to a lot of events for vending and I thought I could make a living at vending and competing together. And I found out very quickly that that was not the case. So <laughs> then I decided to open my first restaurant in 04, and that was Woodchick Barbecue in Chesapeake, Virginia. And then um, I ended up opening a second one in 06, and then the third one, which was the large one, because it progressively grew. And it was a freestanding restaurant, you know, had a bar and sure. fans in there. And, um, so I continued to do that. Uh, so I had three restaurants. And then in 2010, I was contacted by a gentleman in Chicago who owned a property that he wanted to make into a barbecue place. So they flew me out there, and I happened to live in Manhattan many years ago and always wanted to get back into the city and fell in love with Chicago. And long story short, uh, opened up Chicago Q there, and um, which turned out to be a very successful high-end restaurant. 
uh, in the Gold Coast of Chicago, and it, it allowed me the price point to do, um, you know, Wagyu beef ribs and uh, beef brisket and just higher-end things. I mean, we did Capart Duroc pork chops, and it was really fun to be able to um, do some different and creative things and kind of expand uh, your, your traditional barbecue menu and, you know, do like smoked fish or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, it really was a, a wonderful experience, and the reason why I came down to Tampa is because my daughter went to USF, and she was starting a family, and I thought, oh boy, you know, I have to be, you know, a good grandma or whatever, and so <laughs> I moved down to Tampa for that reason, and also my mom lives in Naples, so it just made sense for me, and so opened the Devil Pig in 2018 in October, so we're about a little over a year and a half in, and it's funny, this whole COVID thing, um, you know, when it first picked up the property i did it particularly because it was a high traffic area but it was much smaller than what i'm used to you know very much takeout and kind of was like uh don't know if i'm making a mistake and in hindsight it ended up being a godsend because um you know we kind of had our feet wet and the community knew about us for takeout so we're actually surviving it i have all my employees and uh of course we don't have the catering base which i would love to have that back um, I won't say that everything is all roses, but it's definitely better than it would have been had I opened something like I had in Chicago. Yeah. Now, did you divest from all those other properties? Yeah. So um, the second place in Chicago, I was actually their executive chef for Southern Cut Barbecue, which the Chicago Cut Steakhouse Boys opened. And so when I left Q, I went over to them for two years and then I came down here. I was with them with the hopes of opening up, um, you know, more restaurants, but real estate was just too high. So I didn't really see, um, you know, my future being, uh, you know, the best. So, and also, as I said, you know, because my daughter, I keep down here. So it all worked out. Well, the one thing living in Tampa, you don't have to have the clothes, the parkas and the scarves and the mittens and stuff that you have in Chicago, especially when the wind and ice comes off a, you know, the lake there is, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, but there is one problem that I'm having, and I have a beautiful SSJ Old Hickory smoker, and I have it outside, and I do have it slightly tented and enclosed, but there is so much humidity here and rain that sometimes the smoker will act up. So the weather does have an effect on the smoker. Is it more, and I'm just asking innocently here, is it more the, the smoker or is it is the fuel? Uh, that you're doing with that. I, I'm just curious. It's, it's the humidity gets into the motors uh -huh. and it makes the motors wet and then it starts tripping things. So um, it's just the humidity is, is a nightmare. Now I had the, an old hickory up at my first restaurant in Chesapeake and it was faced through the building outside. I didn't have one service call on that thing. So I know it definitely is attributed to, uh, you know, it's not the smoker. The smoker is fantastic. Um, I love it. And I had Southern Pride along the way and, um, I just really like the old hickory, but no, it has nothing to do with the fuel. And, you know, I get all the wood cut here and, you know, everything's fine on that end. And I keep it dry, of course. Well, that, you know, like I said, we have a lot of, at times we have a humidity here, not like in Texas or Florida like that. I mean, when we get, when our humidity gets above like 30%, everybody thinks they're dying here. So where I'm yeah. at, you know, it's just, it's just just from where you're at and what you get uh, acclimated to. We are going to take Absolutely. a, yes, we are going to take a break. Uh, but first I forgot to say something. Uh, Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, the beef 
that you can be proud to serve, and it's beef the way nature intended from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to be back with uh, Leanne Whippen. And um, I was going to leave you with this little saying here before we went to break. This cleaning with alcohol stuff is total BS, and Leanne has has worked in bars and owned bars and stuff. Nothing gets done after that first bottle. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so we'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. We're talking with Leanne Whippen today. I would like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Comes a beef that you can feel good about. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Um, Let's go back and talk a little bit about uh, competition barbecue and then people swapping that over to their home. If you're going to give somebody a piece of advice because of all the things you've done and they're starting into competition, what would you tell them? Uh, The first thing I did, and I think it was the smartest thing I ever did, was to take a KCBS judging class. So obviously they're going to show you what the judges are looking for. Um, so I, I think that's number one. Uh, number two is practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I've gone as far as to make KCBS, you know, paper plates, um, and, you know, served family and friends to get their opinions with different sizes, different rubs to see what works best. And, you know, what's, you know, if something is, if everyone at the table likes something, uh, then usually I'll go with that at a a competition. Also, competitions, I am a big note taker. I used to have whiteboards all the time that I would write down my timelines and what have you, and I would take pictures of the whiteboards, but now I'm just a pen and paper person. And if I have a good competition, I will actually look at those notes before I go into my next competition, and I will, because when you're in a competition, you're kind of like, it's crazy. You don't really remember things. Sure. um, and so, and I always take a photo of all my boxes that I turn in. So when I get my score sheets, you know, if I got all nines in appearance, at least I know what my box looks like. And then I'm going to try to mimic that at the next competition because obviously it worked. Um, and, you know, judges are different every time. You might, you know, it's sometimes luck of the judge. But I think it's important to um, definitely keep records and uh, timelines. And uh, in competition, you always have to, you know, back up your timeline from your turn in time to, you know, you know how long it takes you to cook a pork butt. So, you know, turn in time is at this time. So you just have to um, take good notes. And um, and also, it's important to not cheap out on your meat. I mean, you really do have to buy high-quality meats. I, I think that's super important as well. And, um, you know, it's it's an experience. And, you know, it's different every time. I mean, I've had you know, fires in the pit, you know, I've had torrential downpours, <laughs> wind that's blown tents away. So you have to be able to overcome those obstacles and just try to stay calm. And whoever you're competing with, it's always nice to have one person on a team that's the calming factor. 
so my daughter knows me very well, and she knows I get my game face on, and I'm not a nice person when I compete. But she'll always, you know, just say, take a deep breath and, you know, just calm down. And um, it's, it's, that's also, I think, important. Because if you have a, a team of all high high-strung people it's gonna it, it's gonna go crazy on you i think um it's a train <clears throat> it's a tra- it's a train yeah it's a train wreck waiting to happen i think yeah yeah it, it can be tough oh, and another thing that i've learned is i used to be i would load my smoker i mean i would have 16 pork butts you know 32 racks of ribs and i have learned <laughs> Uh, less is more. So definitely focus on, you know, a lower quantity because you get too distracted and, you know, it's just too much. Yeah, it is. And, uh, I've been to competitions. I don't compete. I, I, the position I'm in with what I do here, I just kind of, I don't want to compete. I, I competed in another world uh, in another sport for a long, long time. And then I was a judge for a long, long time. So I, I just enjoy interviewing the people talking about it and writing about it. I don't, um, I don't have anything to prove to anybody with my cooking skills, but Mm -hmm. I can see where people enjoy it, uh, and get out there and do it. Um, I remember I went and people listen to the show have heard me tell this story before, I think, but I went to a local competition and we don't have a lot of competitions up here in the Northwest. Uh-huh. compared to east and south and that uh sure. there was a guy there with his little weber kettle um he was an older guy and he paid his money and he showed up he had never done a competition before he had no idea what he was doing but he was giving it a go and he saw me walking down the the you know aisle way and he uh-huh. said can you help me and i said uh well i can but i said there's a guy over here named Jesse Henry, who's had done well and was reserve champion at the Jack and so on and so forth. And Jesse was a really nice guy. He doesn't live here anymore. He moved back to Oklahoma. But the point is I got that guy connected with some of these other pit masters. And I think that gentleman is still doing this stuff, but they were all willing to help him too, which I thought was really cool. It is. It's, um, definitely people are willing to help because I've been at a lot of competitions when I'm by myself. And um, I not only need help with physically moving, you know, cookers and that sort of thing, but I, I remember being out in Vegas one year and um, the pit makers were out there and I didn't have anybody to run the boxes. And they actually offered one of their family members to run the boxes for me, uh, which is a huge help. Oh, so yeah. Even though I'm competing against them, they were willing to help me out. And I remember that well. Yeah. I, I you know, I think. Uh... I think there's a lot, a lot of good people out there and that will give you a helping hand. We've got about a minute and a half, Leanne, before we got to go to break, but take that same piece of advice you were going to give and give it to people that are cooking at home and maybe that are not really that in tune to cooking barbecue. What would be the first couple things you would tell them to, uh, to look at, be careful of, or go for it with? Well, as I said, you know, buy high-quality meats. Um, And also, you know, when you're barbecuing, have a good time. It's all about, um, you know, being around family and friends. And a big mistake a lot of people make is they saw their chicken or whatever their meats are early on. And, you know, a lot of these barbecue sauces have sugar in it and it burns. So they really should be putting the sauce on, on, you know, the last 15 minutes. Um, So that's one little helpful hint. And also... 
a lot of people assume that more smoke is better when you can oversmoke meat very easily. So if you're starting off, you know, you know, learning how to do this, start off with a small amount of wood and then kind of inch up and, you know, as I said, practice and learn. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, actually, from from what people ask me and stuff is, you know, they just need to go out there and do it. Pay attention, buy quality stuff, um, check your temperatures, make sure your fires don't get too hot, et cetera, and just go for it. That's the best way best way you can do it. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Leanne Whippen. And by the way, 2020 is a very unique leap year. It had 29 days in February, 300 days in March, and five years in April. So think about that. We'll be back on Barbecue Nation in just a minute. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm your host, JT. I guess you already knew that. We're talking with Leanne Whippen. We're going to get back with Leanne in just a second here. If you would like to email us, have any questions, comments, as long as they're nice comments, uh, you can info, you can email us at info at thecowboycook.com. That's info at thecowboycook.com. We're on Facebook with Barbecue Nation with JT. We've got its own website, of course, Barbecue Nation with JT. We're on 14 of the social media platforms, which... I have people that do that for me, so to speak, because I still try to stay away from it. Um, and also we work uh, with AmazingRibs.com and National Barbecue News. So you're going to find some stuff from them on them uh, during the show and on the different sites. So that's it. That was a very stumbly way to say, just check us out online. Um, let's go back and talk some more with Leanne Whippen. Out of all the stuff you've done and, you know, you're – like I said, you were a child prodigy. You, because you certainly have crammed a lot into your life uh, on that. What do you think the biggest thing you've done in the food world, the barbecue world, has been? The biggest thing, yeah. Um, or maybe the let's put it this way: the thing that meant the most to you. Well, of course, um, winning uh, you know really big awards like the first contest out of the gate you know with my dad we won georgia state and then went to the royal and won first place in fork so that was very meaningful and then uh, my oldest daughter and i competed out in vegas at the world food championships and we took first runner up out there so um whenever my family's involved you know in kind of epic <laughs> events uh it's really cool and then uh also doing the pitmasters the original series was awesome because my dad and my daughter, you know, were in there. So anything that involves them and that's pretty cool um, is pretty high on my list. I like that. You got the family thing going there, Leanne. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I like that a lot. Um, let's kind of get down into the minutia a little bit of barbecue. You've developed your recipes, your techniques over years and years. Uh, a lot of people I see out there, um, and I get a lot of questions about this email me or just people, and they, you know, contact me some way and ask me this. There's a big gap between what you'd season for competition and what you season for the patio. And um, 
So tell us about your process a little bit on, on prepping and seasoning for competitions when you do that. And then mm-hmm. what you do at home and in the restaurant. And is there any difference? Well, competition, of course, is um, it's a little bit different. Uh, you, you have to be careful because, you know, if you're going to do beef injections and um, go through the process, you don't have the um, the time and the extra money to put into your product when you're in a restaurant. So I don't want to say you cut corners because actually, you know, pig pet rub, which is my dad's rub, is a very big part of, uh, you know, the, the flavor profile at the restaurant. Sure. And I season a pork butt at the restaurant just like I do in competition. It is all over, completely packed on. So I, I really don't cut back on that. I don't do any injections at the restaurant. But you know what? It's kind of nice because then you taste the flavor of the, the meat and uh, you know, judging at the Jack recently, and I was just on the Barbecue Fight Club judging there, and the injections are, are overpowering the, the flavor of the meat, and it, it's a little bit sad to me. Uh, there's a fine line when you use that stuff. Um, so anyway, back to, you know, competition. You know, I use the same spices as I do, um, you know, my beef rub. It's very uh, herbaceous, you know with fennel, mustard seasons, that, that sort of thing. And again, I don't cut corners on any of the dry rub. And I see a lot of restaurants where they just might not even use any at all. But uh, so I, I'm doing a lot of what I do on the competition circuit. It's just that I don't do, you know, any injections. And I also am not going out and spending $200 on a brisket, which I would do at a competition for a Wagyu piece. And, you know, I'm not going to do that here at the restaurant because, you just can't make any money, you know, obviously right. the yield and everything else by the time you trim it. Uh, but I do painstakingly trim the briskets here. Um, you know, I do leave that on, you know, for flavor, of course. Right. But um, a lot of what I do in competition is very similar to what I do at the restaurant. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. And, um, you know, I, and not only that, um, you know, as I said, food cost is super important. So you have to be careful and, and, and your staff, you have to be careful of payroll. And if you're going to have somebody manning a pit, doing a lot of things that go on in a competition, it's just going to put your uh, prices out of sight. You're not going to make a profit. So do you man the pits at Devil Pig? I do. Actually, um, <laughs> I'm here six, if not seven days a week. And I seriously open the restaurant and I work the pit. <laughs> um, I'm very protective of it, but I do have people that are trained. Um, you know, and I, and I trust them and I work, you know, beside them because, you know, I have to have a day off, so I have to be able to trust them. Sure. But I actually do. I load the pit every day. I pull the meat off, you know, and I, I actually enjoy it except for the fact that it's so hot here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for walk-ins because immediately I'll run into the walk-in to cool off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I understand that too. Um, yeah. when it gets pretty warm, you know, we've got a a place up here well it's changed names it's still the same people but it's cash and carry it's a wholesaler um Uh and you can pretty much anybody can walk in there off the street if they've got the money to pay for it you know and 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 i notice in the summertime when it's really really hot which is about three weeks long here their, their parking lot is jammed and you might see five or six people in the in the vegetable cooler or the meat cooler or something like that and then when you see them at the checkout they got a bag of popcorn. You know? 
Yeah, it's it's a really nice place to hide out. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. They ought to set up a little a little table in there, and you know they could serve yeah. drinks. You know, something like that. It, <laughs> it would be. Um, uh, well, I might pursue that. You just never know. You never yeah. know. What um, your your menu at your restaurants have they uh, changed a lot? Uh, over the years, or have you stuck with, you know, the same, the the same? No, they, they actually, um, well, you know, the pig powder dry rub, of course. My right. sauces are pretty much the same. I've expanded them a little bit over the years. Um, I have five sauces, so I have your typical Kansas City um, sweet and spicy, and then we do an Eastern North Carolina vinegar, a South Carolina mustard, and then... Um, we call it, since we're in Florida, a Florida-Bama white sauce, which is, you know, kind of a takeoff on Alabama white sauce. Sure. Which tends to be the favorite down here because they really, you know, no one really serves that down here. But wherever I go, um, depending on, you know, the location, it's, it, it changes the menu. You know, as I said, I did high-end stuff in Chicago. And now in Tampa, um, the name of our restaurant is The Devil Pig. So... Devil's Crabs uh, were founded in Ybor City here, and they're very prominent in a lot of restaurants. So I've taken out the crab, put in smoked pork, you know, sauteed peppers, onions, a sriracha sauce, and then it's panko encrusted and deep fat fried and, you know, served with sauce. So that's our namesake signature. And then also cheapest are real big. So, you know, we use a local bakery, La Sabunda, and, you know, we kind of have taken the Cuban and made it our own. Um, you know, by putting smoked bologna and turkey and pork and sure. cheese and mustard sauce. And then we do a pirate shipwreck sandwich. So I've kind of incorporated the Tampa flavors uh, with barbecue. And um, and then, we, of course, we have our traditional barbecue as well. But we do have our specialties and we offer daily specials, um, too. And then if something really takes off, like our wings, people love the wings, uh, which wasn't originally on the menu because wings, believe it or not, are expensive. Um, yeah, so they are. They, they 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 became so hot that you know we're we're, we're you know going to move it on permanently to the menu. So that's what specials are good for, in my opinion, is just t- kind of test the market, see what people like, and if it's a hit, um, it makes the cut, and then it moves on to the permanent menu. You know, we killed twelve million chickens a day, or some ridiculous thing in this country uh, mm-hmm. for processing. I can't figure out why wings are so expensive myself i can't with that and of course during super bowl you know oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. any any of those uh you know i don't like to cheap out on wings i like to get the jumbo wings you know so they get smoked dry wrapped and then i finish them off in a fryer so that they get crispiness on them you know because it's hard to get a crispy skin uh, you know on chicken from a smoker as you know so um that really that technique really helps in making a really good wing nothing Nothing pisses me off more, Leanne, than a soggy wing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, I'm just saying that. Probably nobody on this show has ever heard me say that. But, you know, I, I traveled. I used to travel extensively. And sometimes I would order wings not just from the hotel. If it wasn't a hotel, if it was takeout from someplace. Some of them were phenomenal, in The you know. Mm-hmm. And other ones they would bring you. And I would, if I ended up going back to that city you know, the next year or something like that. And we kind of stayed in the same place. And I remembered what was going on. I would tell them cook it twice because. It was- yeah. And, and see, that's, that's the thing. Uh, we fry it to order. So you're going to get your order is fresh fried. We aren't holding it at all. And, you know, we've, you know, our, 
our girls up front, they talk to the customer and they say, hey, it might take, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. And they completely understand, but they're going to get the freshest, crispiest wing. You know, it's just delicious like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we are going to take another break here in just a second. We're going to be back and talk with um, Leanne Whippins some more. Uh, this is the first time I've ever talked to Leanne, so uh, I've I've really enjoyed it, and uh, we will continue on that as long as she can stay in her car. I hope she's got her air conditioning on. That's oh, it. it's, it's, I'm surprised you can't hear it over my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good. So anyway, we are going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back in, and uh, talk with Leanne in just a minute. I was going to tell you another uh, COVID joke, even though it's not funny, but I had a bunch of jokes here, and I was going to tell you. Uh, oh, yeah, here's one I like. 2019, you see a man in a store wearing a mask and you think you're in danger. In 2020, you see a man in a store not wearing a mask and you think you're in danger. How's that? I don't know. It was a bad joke, but it was okay. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome back. If I guess you never left, but I didn't leave either. But welcome back anyway to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Leanne Whippen. Uh, she's been on television a lot. She did Throwdown. She did original Pitmaster. She's done a lot of things there. She's a restaurateur, and now she's in Florida doing the Deviled Pig. Um, she snuck off to that one though because she had some family reasons to to pull her down to Florida. So, um, and I think that's really cool. By the way, if you want to email us, it's info at thecowboycook.com. So that's where all my emails go to. <clears throat> from all the other stuff we do. So anyway, let's get back and talk to uh, Leanne. How are things changed in the leave COVID out of this Leanne, but how have things changed over the years and evolved since you like were first got into the food and beverage, the restaurant business? Um, well, as far as restaurants, um, I mean, there's always been a lot of restaurants around. I just feel like there's a lot of different um, different kinds of food out there, but there's always a lot of barbecue. But I like where barbecue is going and, you know, introducing, you know, different kinds of meats um, and flavor profiles and infusing meats, you know, with uh, different kind of spices and sauces and stuff. So it's become a lot more creative, I think. Um, and, you know, you, barbecue is always, you know, kind of hole in the wall, which I can appreciate. I love hole in the wall places. Sure. But, um, it's kind of changing um, in the dining room. So you get, you know, higher end restaurants and different experiences, um, not only with the food, but uh, with the atmosphere as well. I do. I do have to say, though, I do kind of miss, like you were saying, the hole in the wall, you know, the bar, yeah. the bar with the smoker out back and you can kind of see the smoke wafting above the the roof as when you pull into the parking lot which you know you're kicking a beer can out of your way when you pull in the parking lot or something like exactly. that Exactly. you know that uh, i miss some of those um 
Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, that's why it's great that a lot of the old school, you know, places are still around and they're around for a reason. You know, people, I think really like that. What do you think the greatest experience you've had besides winning, you know, you won a lot and you were on television, but what's the greatest personal experience you think working in barbecue and can be just in the F and B side of it or whatever, doesn't matter, but you're the thing that you went, wow, that's really good. That's fun. I'm glad I did that. Um, I think it's, um, I've, I've had a couple of experiences that have really, um, hit me. Cause I, sometimes I don't realize how sometimes I can have an effect on, you know, women in the business and mm -hmm. also families because my kids were in it. So I've been at competitions, uh, where I've met families and the kids are like, I'm doing this because of you. And, um, things like that, that are, it changes their lives and, that's a that's a big deal for me, and I consider it a positive because this is a great thing to do, and I like that I've I've been able to have that effect on people. So when I get that kind of feedback, it means a lot. We've um, kind of focused over the years here on this show, tried to bring the the women in barbecue to the forefront. We've got uh, Lene Oxley, who's a friend and and has been on uh -huh. the show a number of times. Amy Mills, we just did a show with her. Um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, Christy Vandover from Las Vegas. She has girls can grill. I'm trying to think of them right now. And now we've got you on there. I think there's, uh, from what I can see, there's a lot more women actually getting in there, participating, uh, not only in the competition, but they're opening restaurants and stuff. And I think yes, it, I agree. And it's really nice to see. Um, so it's not just a, a man's sport or world. Um, but it is, it is, it can be dirty, hard work, you know, working the pits. And a lot of women just don't want to do that. Yeah. But it is nice to see the expansion because there are definitely more women in it. Well, that's, you know, if you go out on a date later, they go, what is that? Uh, Duroc number five you're wearing there or something? You know? <laughs> that's funny. Well, it's just because I. I mean, I, I quit smoking and yet I still come in the house and smell like smoke still. So yeah, and it carries over for a few days, <laughs> especially after a competition. Yeah. You get up and you can smell it. You know, like when we were in college, you'd pick up a clean a shirt and try to wear it to class, you know, and give it the sniff test. And then, okay, this will get me by for the morning at school. And I'm, I, you know, 40 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This one doesn't smell uh, good. I, I remember I would go to the bank and they're like, gosh, you smell so good. And I'm like, well, thank you. And they're like, you're making me hungry. I was like, oh, I smell that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, no, no French restaurant for you tonight, sweetheart. We're going over here to the, the chop shop and having a, you know, a poor boy with some pork or something. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. But um, at least people know we're coming. Put it that way. That's true. You know. They they get the the sense, if you will, that that arrives before us that we're we're locally there. So that's right. It's all good. Um, is there something that you want to achieve? We got a couple minutes left here, uh, Leanne. Is there something you want to achieve, either in the barbecue uh, world or the restaurant world, yeah, that you yeah, haven't? You know, one thing that I haven't done, and, um, and I don't know if I ever will, but I have uh, started working on it over the years is I would like to have um, a cookbook 
and a barbecue book, of course, but not just about barbecue recipes, but just about experiences of being on the circuit and my journey. Um, so a story as well, but I don't know if that'll be <laughs> but that is one thing. Um, that's the only thing I can think of right now. Oh, I also want to get, uh, so my oldest daughter, you know, wants to compete on her own, um, but kind of with me in the, in the shadows. So um, I'm hoping next year that we can hit the circuit. And so that's another thing I want to work on. How old your daughters, if you don't mind me asking? I have a 21-year-old, Sammy, and she's in college at George Mason. And then my oldest is 30, Brittany. And she's the one that's down here. Oh, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take the toddler if she's got kids? Are you going to drag the kids along? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charlie. Her name is Charlotte, but we call her Charlie. She's already, you know, <laughs> had a rib hold, held on to a rib. And uh, <laughs> she's definitely going to be raised in the barbecue world, no doubt. Like my, my girls also. I mean, as they said. They, we had more smokers in the backyard than any fun things like jungle gyms or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, smoker, grill, pit, whatever you want to call it, whatever piece of cooking equipment you have. What's the oldest one you have? Um, I would say, as far as big cookers, my Gen Master for sure. So I've had that since '02. I have my original, uh, you know, Weber bullets that have been put back together 10 times over with parts and what have you. <laughs> um, but my first, one of my first grills, the offset, um, that's, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you know, all the moving that I've done, that, that costs a lot to move around. It's easier just to buy a new one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and of course I love my jambo, but that's not my oldest one. Right. Right. Uh, Leanne Whippen, thank you for being with us today. It's been a hoot to talk to you. And Leanne is going to stick around, I think, for a few minutes and do the after hours. Um, Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. We'll be back. uh, If your local affiliate carries the second hour, we'll be back in a few minutes with that. And if they don't, we'll uh, see you next week right here on Barbecue Nation. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.